Pete Davidson strips down for Calvin Klein, Chanel's $1,000 advent calendar controversy, and is Ariana Grande appropriating a new race? We're Maggie and Jasmine, and you're listening to Culture Club, our weekly chat about pop culture, current affairs, the internet, and our lives. We acknowledge that the Wurundjeri Woiwurrung people are the traditional custodians of this land we are on today. We would like to pay our respects to elders past, present and emerging. We would also like to celebrate the rich history of culture and storytelling that we're all learning from today. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land. Hello, runner baby. Hello. (laughs) I cannot believe that you just did 21.5 Ks this morning. I know. It's so crazy. After so many weeks of training, today was finally the day and I did it. Yay. I'm so stoked and tired, but mostly stoked. <laughs> I can't imagine how tired you were. Like I came down to support and it wasn't even that early. Come on, I left the house um, just before 8.30 and I was like, wow, <laughs> so early for a Sunday, whereas you woke up at like five something. Yeah. To be fair, that is early for like a normal Sunday. But yeah, I woke up at five and cycled down to where the start line was and then did it. And I think because like the energy of like and the atmosphere of being in the race, it was really fun. So it kind of makes you push yourself a bit harder. And so I got a new personal best, which I'm really happy with. Um, I still definitely want to get faster, but Anyway, I did it and got a cute medal and you came down with our friend Grace and some of my family and it was just such a sweet moment. Like it was so fun and I was saying to you guys like I think marathons and things like that just show like I think it's so cute that humans like push themselves to do things like this for no reason other than like raising money for charity or just like trying to be better than we were yesterday well so corny but I think it's very sweet and there were lots of people like cheering you on and they didn't know you from a bar of soap but they were like go because my name was on my shirt they're like go Jasmine and you know people were like cheering on the marathon runners even though we were in the half marathon and it was just very sweet and you kind of see like I'm not that sporty of a person but you see how it can like bring people together Oh, so cute. Actually, what you were saying um, reminds me of this Peach PRC song and like TikTok video that she made that was about like all the weird, very, very, very endearing and cute things humans do. For instance, we put a little box at the front of our house in case anyone wants to send us some letters or, you know, the way we move our bodies if we like music, etc. So I do think, you know, going on a planned run is kind of a funny thing to have like, oh, I'm, I need to run exactly 21.5 like kilometers today. It is, yeah, such a such an incredible feat. So congratulations. Thank you. And thank you so much to everyone who donated as well. Together we raised $1,612.95, which is uh, $612.95 over my first target and $112.95 over my second target. So like I'm so, so happy with that and that's going towards the Victorian Aboriginal Child Care Agency. So I'll send a screenshot or post a screenshot when that has officially been sent off. 
but yeah, thanks. We had like quite a few Culture Club uh, podcast listeners donating and I was just blown away by everyone's generosity and um, kindness. So thank you so much. And now I'll shut up about it because I feel like it's all I've been talking about <laughs> for like a week. So until next year, yeah. you'll probably do it again. <laughs> but no, you've inspired me to maybe even do 5Ks or something. Yay. But um, yeah, no just want to acknowledge those who can't or aren't good at running i can't even do like 1k so i see you there's representation on this podcast for all of us (laughs) 2021's sex icon pete davidson has made headlines again this week Earlier, the Saturday Night Live comedian took over Calvin Klein's Instagram account for a live stream alongside the other manic pixie dream boy, Machine Gun Kelly, a.k.a. Megan Fox's boyfriend. The duo were decked out in Calvin Klein and they were chilling on a couch for what looks like a games night. Um, You know, they talk about stuffing their underwear with socks and bananas to make their package appear bigger. I hate that word. Um, And they just generally joke around together. There's a lot of dick references, very much teenage boy energy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently, they or their managers encouraged the company to hire them to be their, quote, dirty spokesman because they would appeal to a wider demographic, even though I'm pretty sure Calvin Klein's demographic is pretty fucking wide. Like (laughs) anyone can buy Calvin Klein. Um, But they also wanted to turn people on, apparently. Pete said, I hope everyone's horny at home. We really brought the horniness. We bring the horniness. Oh, my God. I... I struggled to watch like the snippets of this. I found it so cringe. Um, and this like US news person pointed out that it's just so odd that they had their pants down to the ankles. They weren't, you know, they weren't just in their boxes, but the way that they were crouching with their little pants just yeah, just hanging at the ankles was like just little boys. So- funny yeah yeah it's very boyish the whole thing even though machine gun kelly is like 31 um it's interesting that they're trying to make like like they are sex icons in a way but i feel like sex Mm. icons previously were kind of like more broody or like chiseled and like very serious and mysterious whereas these guys are just like boys with hot girlfriends and they're just kind of milking that Yeah, you're right. I think they are, especially Pete, let's Mm. say, is really leaning into all of this at the moment. Like, my goodness, he has not left the new cycle for the last few months. Um, Of course, you know, back in 2018, which feels like a lifetime ago, that was the summer of big dick energy. But now it's that times a million. How are you feeling about all of this? I love Pete Davidson. I think he's very hot. And I totally get the whole charm about him. But I don't know. This Calvin Klein video made me feel a bit funny just because of the, like, boyishness of it all. And I also was just – I don't know if it's, like, my feminist brain, but in most of these kind of pop culture situations, I always try to flip the genders and be like, what if it was a 28-year-old and 31-year-old actress and female comedian – doing that on a couch and they had Mm. their jeans around their ankles and they were like, I don't know, talking about their clits and like how to make their clits look bigger and, um, you know, taking their pants off together. Everyone would be like, what the hell? But because it's two 
guys, the context feels different or something. I don't know. You're right. And even the way we're talking about them, we're like, oh, they're so boyish, right? It's boyish a little bit endearing, but, you know, boyish, whereas, you know, we're not even saying the word immature, which is mm. <laughs> kind of what it is as well. That's so interesting. Um, and, I, yeah, I definitely agree that it wouldn't have been received as well. If these were two women, um, you know, they'd be like, oh, they're pushing like sex onto our kids and whatever <laughs> like that sort of conversations would have arise I think whereas mm. there was none of that yes so that kind of made me feel a bit funny but then Pete redeemed himself as he always does um at the end of the week by starring on Jimmy Fallon with the queen Miley Cyrus the two were promoting the New Year's Eve special Miley's New Year's Eve party in Miami which the pals will co-host together which I'm kind of excited about and in a sweet moment Miley performed a cover of It Should Have Been Me by Yvonne Fair amazing cover like her voice is just so powerful and rock and roll and I'm just so proud of her but anyway it's a side note um (laughs) before she even started singing she turned to Pete and said Pete Davidson this song is for you when I saw those photos this is what I played And she is, of course, referencing those photos a few weeks ago that emerge of Kim K and Pete Davidson in the Lamborghini after leaving a restaurant together hand in hand. We'll play a little bit of the song now. I thought that was such a sweet moment because Pete looks genuinely like bashful and humble and a bit embarrassed. Like he's actually going red at being serenaded by Miley Cyrus (laughs) on the Jimmy Fallon show. And I think it's quite a sweet moment. What do you think? That's very cute. I mean, okay, there's a part of me that is feeling a bit strange towards Pete at the moment. I don't know if it's just oversaturation. Mm. I feel like I've got a mini, 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 teeny, minuscule (laughs) ick. So sorry. I know. I think it's because I, in my head, labelled him as like the kind of quirky outsider guy in Hollywood, even though obviously he's been in the mainstream for quite some time and he he is very successful. But I always thought that he was kind of in on the joke. But Mm. now I'm like, oh, no, he's just like. A full-blown celebrity. <laughs> Full on, yeah, especially dating Kim. Well, I mean, I guess yeah. it would have started when dating Ariana, but I don't know. Then he kind of went for, like, Kate Beckinsale and um, Phoebe from Bridgerton. So it kind of, like, went back down, like, a little bit of more, not hum- humbles with the wrong word, but kind of, like, <laughs> less intense celebrity. And now dating the back with the most popular woman in the world, you could say. His stars has gone to another level. Yeah, it's really yeah. interesting to watch. I know. It does feel like he's on some kind of press tour. Mm. I don't blame him. I mean, it's probably very good for his career. Interesting to see a man using his sex appeal and his dating history to improve his career because it's usually the other way around. Oh, hot take. While Kim seems ready to move on after her marriage to Kanye West, Uh, The rapper was actually making many pleas to get her back. During his recent concert with Drake, Kanye repeatedly rapped, 
I need you to run right back to me, obviously one of his songs, before adding more specifically Kimberly. Wow. <laughs> what do you think of that? Oh, I mean, I haven't watched a clips or anything, but from that, it just it just made me laugh. I'm sorry, but um, it is a bit sad to listen to, it I should sad. say. Sorry, I should stop smiling. It is really sad, but it's also like a little bit of fuckboy behavior. Like you were married to her yeah. for like nearly 10 years. And now she's like with a new man. It's like, come back. But also when it comes to the Kardashian, you know, family, I don't trust them anymore <laughs> at all. I think every single thing is a calculated PR move, like everything. And I don't think Kanye would have, maybe it's a game. Like maybe they're all in on it and they're all just keeping their names in the press. Because we have mm. spoken about the Kardashians dead set every week <laughs> for the last like five weeks. Oh, gosh, I just don't know. Like, is it a cat or a mouse mm-hmm. situation? Like, I think the media is just so fascinated and fixated on them that literally whatever they do, yeah, look, Kanye literally sung three lines or Kendall wore a dress to our wedding. Like, whatever they do, we will kind of pick mm-hmm. up on it. But I think, again, they are very calculated and smart, or their team behind them is. So, yeah, on some level they would know. Um, it's very interesting to watch. Mm-hmm. Also, there have been no updates on Kylie for, like, weeks since Astro World. Yeah. Hmm. I wonder what will happen there. I'm sure we'll talk about it bloody next week. So. <laughs> <laughs> Even if you're not on the beauty side of TikTok, you've probably seen this story and advent calendar making waves this week on the internet. TikTok user Elise Harmon made an unboxing video of her $1,140 Chanel advent calendar. But this unboxing video went viral for all the wrong reasons as the American was clearly underwhelmed with the calendar. The calendar included stickers, a dust bag, a magnet, a bookmark keychain, plastic snow globe, a little plastic bracelet thing and a little mirror. But in Lisa's defense, she initially said the outer packaging was 10 out of 10, very beautiful. And when Chanel did pull through with like a beautiful red lipstick, nail polish and perfume, Chanel number five, of course, she was relieved. But by that time already, like it had like her negative comments had kind of already had already gone stratospheric and it was too late and, you know, her followers and just not even her followers, TikTok users from all over the world were kind of coming for Chanel. It was quite an interesting internet moment. Yeah, so the video went viral and Elise claims that Chanel ended up blocking her, which is wild, and other TikTok users were speculating that, you know, Chanel deleted or, like, hid all their TikTok videos, but Chanel came out and was like, no, we've never had any content on our platforms there. Like, it's always been like Mm. this. Yes. This kind of whole brand interaction between Chanel and this TikToker reminded me a bit of a podcast I listened to last week called Save for Later by The Guardian, um, which you recommended a few weeks back. And this was a recent app titled Bad Memes and Wokewashing, Why Do Brands Tweet Like People? Alex Gorman and Michael Sun, The Guardian writers, chat with our colleague Brad Esposito, who is Vice's head of editorial, about how brands have developed voices online and how we used to be a lot more willing to hear from brands and access them. Like, I don't know if you remember 
back in the day on Twitter, like five to seven years ago, people would like kind of enjoy the volley of like interacting with a brand. Yeah. And now everyone's just like, shut the fuck up. Like when a brand tries <laughs> and you like, you know, when like brands start talking to each other on Twitter and it's just like so cringe. Even Duolingo on TikTok, I'm over them because they are everywhere. Like people still do find them funny and like are applauding their social media manager. I still do like Ryanair, like that like Canadian airline or American airline or whatever. Like it's interesting to see this still happen and brands continually push themselves as like personalities and yeah, sometimes it's done well, sometimes it's not. Yeah, and I also feel like it's such a slippery slope. Like Duolingo was so clever. Like some of the videos were genuinely funny on TikTok and now you're like, mm. it's 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 done. Like I feel like as consumers yeah. we can just be like, ugh, over it so quickly. So if you're interested in that kind of conversation, I would definitely recommend that episode because it kind of relates to this. Like this is proving that the power balance between brands and consumers is kind of flipping. Like it feels like customers have a lot more power now thanks to the internet than we did. And especially thanks to TikTok, I think. Like that is such a big mobilizer for so many conversations. We talk about TikTok again every episode because it's just like the way you can have conversations with such niche communities and from people all over the world you can't have the type of stuff on Instagram so yeah I think TikTok has really changed like the culture in that way of like brand representation so at least recently the TikToker posted like a funny video following up being like did I just cancel Chanel Um, and I feel like there's a lot of talk about how this has changed the brand I personally think it's like a non-issue. Mm. Like I don't think this is really affecting them. Like you're right in the sense of like consumers definitely have more of a voice now, you know. Her video has garnered so many views and so many um, likes and attention. But I'm like, I don't think it's going to make any dent in Chanel's profits or anything. I personally kind of think it adds to their brand value of being a luxury brand. Yeah, I know, hot take. Um, because we can complain like, oh, my God, that is such a ridiculous price for an advent calendar. Like I'd seen the 800 figure floating around, but that was the USD. So in Australia, it's over a K. And I think, you know, for a subset of their audience who will literally pay over $1,000 for plastic, doesn't that just heighten like – not their ego, mm-hmm. but I guess, um, you know, it shows that they're like, oh, yes, I can drop over $1,000 for basically mm-hmm. rubbish. Exactly, yeah, and it literally is rubbish. Like all that stuff's probably going to go towards landfill. But, yeah, I agree with you in that sense that Chanel knows that for most of their customers, $1,440 is nothing. It's like $10 to the regular Chanel customers who would shop there often and it just shows that like luxury brands obviously when you're talking about handbags and clothes like they are made with higher quality materials and um you're paying for the brand name whether that's a piece of plastic or like a leather handbag you're paying for the chanel brand i feel like i do that even when i'm op shopping if i find something that is branded and I'm not like that into it, but it's got a cool brand name. I'll probably buy it secondhand because you pay for the name and the brand. And that is 
how we all get sucked into it. Oh, yeah, completely. I think brand value is such a big deciding factor in purchasing decisions. Um, But back to your point about like luxury brands and like, you know, you hope that it's higher quality, but a lot of the time it's really not, which is like terrible and also just super shocking that people can still pay thousands of dollars for something made in a sweatshop you know I just checked Chanel on good on you it's rated not good enough you know they have no use of eco-friendly materials no evidence of living wages they still use animal products etc etc and I also want to mention something else which I found super interesting according to online publication Glossy accessories are so profitable for luxury brands that you know some people even say that most big luxury fashion houses should be literally called accessories brands and they basically use runway fashion for marketing and advertising Um, for instance yeah from 2012 to 2017 Gucci made nearly 60% of its total revenue from just leather goods and shoes so you know not fashion but they are, that is fashion. Yeah, not but like clothes, accessories or like the smaller the smaller bits that more people can afford, mm. that's more in their price mm. range. And that also reminded me of a passage I read in a book called The Most Beautiful Job in the World by Julia Mensateri. And she says, from a strictly economic perspective, all couture always functions at a loss. It continues to exist only because it is the incarnation of the dream that fashion transmits to the middle classes through the media. Haute Couture constructs the image of the labels that in reality make their profits from the merchandise and accessories sold by their commercial arms. Mm. So yeah, just kind of solidifying that most of them, yeah, make the money from like the perfumes or the like small bags or even I mean I'm guessing not these advent calendars but things like Mm, it yeah again because you're just paying for the name whether that's like a little sticker you put on your laptop or perfume (laughs) bottle that you take a picture of that's on your dresser like yeah most people are trying to emulate the upper classes and try to have like a piece of that luxury yeah and in multiple statements um, Chanel released to publications they said We are sorry that this calendar may have disappointed some people. The exclusive content of the calendar has always been fully detailed on our website as well as on the packaging of the product. 27 boxes numbered from 5 to 31 containing full-size perfume and makeup products, miniatures and souvenirs all stamped with Gabrielle Chanel's lucky number. Bruno Pavlovsky, Chanel's president of fashion, also told WWD, this controversy is a bit of a shame because it's not what Chanel intended. Chanel thought it would please some of its customers by offering this type of product. Evidently, we see that you have to be careful and therefore, in future, we'll be much more cautious. Next time, we'll think of another way to do this type of thing. And this is because (laughs) the advent calendar was produced in like a limited edition. They sound scared. And that's what I mean. Like brands are scared to put a foot wrong because like teenagers on TikTok are going to (laughs) like rip them to shreds. Yeah. What a vague statement. Um, Honestly, do you think they should have like owned it or meekly apologized like this? I don't know. I don't know either because like they say, like they tell you what's in the box. You do get some luxury product. And then you're paying for the name, whether it is a piece of plastic or not. 
But it kind of reminds me a little bit of this Mecca um, TikTok that I saw. Did you see this? It was about a no, perfume I box. Didn't. Same kind of idea. But this um, Australian woman, I'll have to find the actual name and post it um, on her Instagram. But she had found this Mecca box for the Mason Margiela fragrance box. So you get like samples of um, boxes. Mm. Oh, Uh, yeah, I've seen that. You get samples of perfumes, sorry. And the total price came to like $1,200 or maybe even more, like $1,500 for this set of all these perfumes. And this person figured out that like what the perfumes are worth is like $100 each or something, maybe a little bit more again, and that essentially people were paying over a grand just for the box because the product inside wasn't even worth it. Like you could buy all those singularly and it would come to like $900. And then Mecca actually saw the TikTok and reduced the price and they refunded everyone who'd bought a box they refunded them the difference because this TikToker was like, you're essentially paying like $600 for the physical box, not even for the product. And then Mecca was like, oh, sorry, we've um, obviously made a mistake in pricing. And like, yeah, so they kind of remedied that. And I thought that was such a good, um, it was obviously a lot smaller than the Chanel thing. But again, the customer had the power of being like, hey, this is wrong. Like why are you kind of ripping people off even if it's for a kind of more luxury fragrance? And they remedied it and like refunded people. I thought that was pretty good. Oh, what a feel-good story. Another reason why we love Mecca. Um, Yeah, no, I had no idea that happened. So that's good to hear. I wonder, (laughs) I don't think, but whether Chanel would do anything similar. (laughs) I don't think so. They'll like take all the money. Yeah. Ariana Grande is once again trying to look ethnically ambiguous. The pop princess has come under fire many times for black fishing, but more recently has been called out for Asian fishing. So like the name suggests, Asian fishing kind of takes from black fishing in the sense um, of when a non-Asian person, typically a white person, changes up their appearance or mannerisms to look more Asian or mixed race. This latest controversy arose when Ariana, who was born in Florida and has Italian heritage, shot with photographer Katia Temkin. Ariana wore a white bow tie in her hair and around her neck, combined with winged black eyeliner, lighter foundation, an oversized grey blazer and black-heeled platforms. Most strikingly, people have been fixated in the changing of eye shape and in these pics, Whether it's surgery or just makeup, it appears she has a monolid, which is eyelids without the crease. Mm. So when these photos emerged early last week, I sent it straight to you. You know, I saw this TikTok of an Asian girl green screening, um, like the photo being like, y'all are blind if you don't think this is weird. And Jazz, all, and I mean all of the comments were defending Ari, I need to read some out. I think it's just a flash washing her eyelids out, not going to lie, said one comment with 11.8 thousand likes. She doesn't look Asian, get over yourself, read another comment with 5k likes. And you're reaching, another comment with 7k likes. 
And literally, I felt so gaslighted by this because this is not the first time it's happened when people, mostly non-Asians, think they have a say in who or what is or isn't appearing Asian. Yeah, 100%. It must, like, be so frustrating to see that, like, she's definitely taking aesthetics and trying to make herself appear racially ambiguous. It's not style like it's not it's a whole aesthetic and I don't know why Ariana is like this golden like I love her music I think she seems like a very sweet woman but like why does she keep doing this like she's been every (laughs) color and race under the sun in the last like 10 years and like people like call her out on it but like nothing happens and like she Mm. just keeps doing it it's so odd yeah, like I'm a massive Ariana Grande fan, like big fan of watch a documentary. I listen to her music a lot, but I've actually realized that this week after this has happened, I actually this is a, probably the first time I feel differently towards her music now. Like I like her music came up on my Spotify and I like skipped mm. it because I was just like I just can't right now. Um, yeah, because this isn't an isolated incident, even just in like the Asian realm mm. for her. She has a history of fetishizing Asian culture. Lest we never forget the barbecue grill that was tattooed on her hand instead of it reading Seven Rings in what language? Um, to, in Japanese. And when she admitted that you know there was a typo and it was wrong on twitter um in a now deleted tweet she said it hurt but still looks tight i wouldn't have lasted one more symbol lameo so she literally yeah foregoed cultural and like racial accuracy because it looked good you know she didn't Didn't care. care yeah again like it's an aesthetic look another one and i know i'm in the minority here is that i personally thought that at some points in the music video for Positions that she did look a bit Asian. Um, While in the photos that we're discussing that have recently emerged, she is definitely like emulating Japanese East Asian culture. Previously, I think she did look more Southeast Asian. So, you know, she had still more tan skin and everything. And people have to remember that Asia is a continent Mm -hmm. and that we all don't look the same. That's why I think that people are so quick to dismiss Mm -hmm. that she looks Asian because they might not be the picture of Asia that they have in their heads, which is infuriating. Mm. Um, And also to add to this recent photo shoot as well, um, people were pointing out that even the style and vibe of the photos, you know, it's almost quite meek and submissive like the the angles that she was posing in and even the, the outfit was low-key a bit schoolgirl a little bit more conservative so playing into those tropes as mm. well yeah total stereotypes in a super embarrassing moment ollie london who is a white british internet personality and singer went on twitter and said ariana clearly wants to be asian i'm so happy for her for coming out and living her best life Asian world domination, the in caps, transracial movement grows each day. Another of their tweets read, I'm so in love with Ariana Grande's new Asian look. It looks so cute and oriental. Ugh. Welcome to the transracial club, Ari. So happy to have you join me. Can we become the king and queen of Korea together already? 
God, reminds me of that Rachel Denzoa woman from a few yes, years ago, transracial. Exactly. Like I choose my race. Like, oh my God, this sounds like the ramblings of a madman. It's ridiculous. And I had never heard of this person before, had you? No, never. Yeah, I saw a few people like quote retweet this on my timeline on Twitter, but I thought it was satire because it's ridiculous. Um, but no, I did some research and Ollie London is most famous for identifying as a transracial Korean and they have undergone a reported like $250,000 on 18 surgeries to look like K-pop star Jimin from BTS. Um, So yeah, transracial Korean, that means that they believe that they are or they identify as being Korean. And in our woke progressive world, like I also want to point out that they identify as being non-binary as well, which is good. We approve. But identifying as another race is a step gone too far. I agree. Just moving a little bit away from Ariana, um, the 250K spent on surgeries to look like K-pop star from BTS reminds me of a TikTok video I saw uh, recently where the, again, Kardashians are getting rid of their BBLs. There's many reasons for this. But one of the theories is that white people and celebrities are moving away from appropriating black culture to appropriating Asian culture because of the popularity of um, K-pop specifically. And so now people, again, are paying surgeries to look more Asian and change their aesthetics. And I feel like Ariana is doing that again in terms of being like, what's popular? What's the culture? Who is popular? And taking bits from that. And now she's moved towards taking culture from Asian countries because that is what is trending right now yeah and like we said like I love Ariana I just want her to stop Mm. and I hope that she listens because she had actually posted um a photo from this photo shoot that we're discussing onto her Instagram and then she deleted it because of all the backlash she was getting. So, you know, she's obviously seeing or hearing it to some degree and I wonder how seriously she'll take the feedback on board and I really hope, I really hope that something changes because this is getting ridiculous. She's going to run out of cultures to appropriate (laughs) soon. I remember seeing her on the cover of British Vogue in 2018, that same summer that um, she was dating Pete. And it was in the UK at the time and I remember like, literally going to the shops just to buy it because I thought she looked so beautiful. She was like fresh faced, no makeup, no winged eyeliner. Um, she had like natural freckles and her eyes were actually quite like, um, like overly shaped. Like they looked so much Mm. bigger than they do when she has her makeup a certain way. And I remember thinking, okay, she's finally like maturing or realizing that she doesn't have to, kind of appropriate cultures to remain popular and relevant like she's in this kind of new phase of her life um but now it feels like she's gone right back to it just a different culture and I think that's really disappointing because she's a beautiful woman like she doesn't have to there's and there's such a difference between being inspired by trends and like maybe dressing like a k-pop star or um you know wearing a bow tie on your head whatever it is but like the whole aesthetic together as a package is like 
come on. But it is ruining my general perception of her for sure. Like she had a cute video with Kelly Clarkson on YouTube um, where she's singing like a Christmas song with her. They're both so bloody talented. Mm. Like Ari's voice is incredible. But the whole time all I could think was like stop trying to be Asian. (laughs) So, yeah. This whole move towards Asian aesthetics, again, I feel like it happened a little bit in 2012 when Gangnam Style was huge. Do you remember it was like the first? and people are like oh yeah like yeah Korea, that's a place um yeah this feels like the second version of that I mean it was 10 years ago so it will be interesting to see whether more celebrities um pick it up and also specifically what the Kardashians do <laughs> because they kind of dictate the trends from the top down so I guess we'll see I guess we will Mags, what do you recommend this week? What have you been watching, listening to, reading, anything good? Oh, I've been so slack this week with any sort of content. I feel like this end of the year is just so busy with work and freelance work that I barely opened my book and um, I'm only watching one TV show that's like, it's called The Circle. Anyway, it's kind of trashy, but I love it. But also I don't like it that much that I won't recommend it. <laughs> anyway long sidebar because I'm a little bit embarrassed about this recommendation though I still back it um, I am recommending Hawkeye which is another Marvel TV show on Disney plus yes this year I have recommended many a Marvel thing but I think it is like honestly quite a comforting show and genre for me to watch I do enjoy watching them um, so yeah this is called Hawkeye and it stars Jeremy Renner Haley Steinfeld and Florence Pugh Haley plays Kate a rich but edgy 22 year old who is obsessed with Hawkeye which is the Avenger with the bow and arrows best way to describe him and their paths cross and they end up working together so this tv series is really more like a movie you know it's like 40 50 minute episodes and even the aspect ratio is like a nice long rectangle like in the movies (laughs) (laughs) and it also is set around Christmas which is very unlike I guess typical Marvel um, content it gives gives it more of a light-hearted and fun vibe and it's also kind of more of a whodunit than a typical Marvel action movie I would say um I would say that you might need relative understanding of the Marvel world to understand what's happening but I do think it is a fun less broby version of the expected Marvel franchise and Hayley Steinfeld is great in it too so I'm thoroughly enjoying this that sounds really fun I was going to give it a watch, but you need a relative understanding of the Marvel world. And, like, I only know, what's the show we watch? Wonder Vision. Wonder Vision. Wonder and Vision. Um, And I loved that. So maybe, maybe, maybe. Yeah, I think you might like this, not as much as Wonder Vision, but, like, maybe give it a shot. Just don't come for me if you don't like it. (laughs) (laughs) And your turn, what have you been reading, watching, or listening to this week? I feel like I'm in a similar boat to you just with work being super busy before Christmas, but um, I did 
listened to one podcast that I really enjoyed and it's one we spoke about earlier in the year but then like we got really excited about the trailer but then I just never listened to the actual thing <laughs> it just like it took a while between the trailer coming out and the first episode coming out and I what just are you talking about? about what it. is the recommendation <laughs> oh the recommendation is Welcome to the OC, bitches. Um, if you've listened to the podcast for a while, you will know that we love the OC in this house and we rewatched it last year. And so this podcast is kind of like quenching my OC thirst because, I don't know, I think I might want to rewatch it again maybe if I have time. But um this podcast is really sweet. It is co-hosted by Rachel Bilson, who obviously plays Summer, and Melinda Clark, who plays Julie Cooper, and that is Marissa's mum. The first episode, it sits down with the creator of the show, Josh Schwartz, who also is the creator of Gossip Girl. And it's really lovely because it just kind of takes you through the pilot. It talks about the casting process. They note that they... Um, casted sandy first our mm. fave oh. dad <laughs> um and the reason they did that is because they wanted the adults in the show to kind of elevate the kids and <sighs> prove that it was like a serious show not just like a teen like i don't know hannah montana thing where you kind of only focus on the on the 14 year olds so it's really really good but i got total kind of like panic when i realized that josh was 26 26 when he wrote the OC. I was like, that makes me want to vomit. And it's kind of based on his life because he is kind of the Seth character, which is very cute. Like a lot of influence taken from his own life, like growing up as a Jewish person in California. So, yes, it's very, very sweet. It kind of fills the nostalgic hole. Also, fun fact, Olivia Wilde um, was going to be cast as um, Marissa. Marissa. I so see that. Yes, Olivia and Misha Barton were like the last two, but they cast Misha because Olivia seemed a little bit more mature and she didn't have that kind of – she was like a bit more independent, like – which and she gets cast in the show later on anyway. Um, So, yeah, interesting. And now Olivia Wilde's career is like – now she's a director and (laughs) Misha is obviously still around, but – not in the same way in Hollywood. Um, so interesting how that plays out. But I just think it's such a lovely little walk down memory lane. So if you're an OC fan, I'd recommend that. Oh, so good. Um, okay, another nostalgic hit that is coming your way is that in about like episode 10 of the Gossip Girl reboot, I won't say who, but two quite important characters from the original Gossip Girl make a nice appearance. So it's very nice to see the storylines overlap. I feel like having the two storylines intertwine of like the original and reboot versions of Gossip Girl is like a nice little nod from the existing or original cast. It's like they're giving them their blessing. That's so sweet. I wish Blair would actually come back to that show. Oh, you've seen the episode. (laughs) No, I haven't seen the episode, but (laughs) bloody TikTok's ruined it for me. Like I already know who comes back because I saw it on TikTok. But I'm still looking forward to like the context of it all and like how they get to the house. (laughs) I just realized I could have recommended the new Sex and the City reboot, which I've started watching, but I'll leave that for next week, I think. Everyone's saying it's so trash, but 
I wouldn't mm, know. I, I've never seen I like anything. it. I like it. It was so funny. My friend was saying that because I've never watched Sex in the City and she was like, what? If you didn't watch Sex in the City, what made you want to do media? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. The most unrealistic portrayal of media. Carrie just like living in a New York apartment with like designer shoes and handbags writing one column a week. I fucking wish. <laughs> we can dream. Right. Well, we could probably, as you can tell, talk all night, but we will let you guys go. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed, you can find us at Culture Club Pod on Instagram or give us a little rate and review on Apple Podcasts because it's been a while and we love validation. So make of that what you will that is true send us a little christmas card in the form of an apple podcast review and we will catch you later thank you for hanging bye